Coming to you live on a Tuesday night, your favorite Utah Jazz video cast or podcast, depending on the way that you choose to view our media. It's the All That Jazz radio show. This is episode one of season one. Mm -hmm. We welcome you, our favorite fans of the Utah Jazz. I am your host, Zach Hazeldine. This is your host, Ben, ben Jones. Jones. Ben Jones. Loyal Jazz fan. Uh, also a relative of mine, brother-in-law, uh, but more importantly, jazz fan. Um, <laughs> just more, more important than brother-in-law. You know how it goes. Come on. So anyways, getting to this show, um, we're going to explain how this show goes, being our maiden voyage, and take it from the top. We're just two guys. We love the Utah Jazz, and we decided to make a YouTube channel slash podcast about it. Um, we're going to start off the show today by talking the current state of the Utah Jazz. We view this as like the President of the United States gives the State of the Union address only about the Utah Jazz. Um, we're just going to take it from the top from there and then move our way through the show. Current state of the Utah Jazz. Here we are, Ben. We're sitting four and three. I think there's been some good feelings and there's been some bad feelings. Mm -hmm. We've made some new additions. We have some familiar faces back. Um, I don't want to do a game-by-game -game breakdown throughout yeah. all this, but what I do want to talk about is some of the common threads that we've noticed or picked up on throughout the game. Yeah. Leading off with that, one thing I would like to acknowledge is the fact that I think Donovan Mitchell has gotten better. Yeah. Incre it, you know... It's starting from the the time Hayward left and we got Donovan. It was it started so slow with summer league. Like, hey, maybe we got a piece. Oh, this guy should be the rookie of the year. Oh, this guy's a franchise cornerstone, and he's just taking every step we want. Um, the third year jump, he's doing it. He's making the leap. It's pretty great. I feel pretty confident about that too. We've all kind of heard that. If if those of you aren't familiar with it, Ben, what's the third year jump in thirty seconds or less? Go. So the third year jump shooting guards, it's basically like a raw statistical jump of numbers. So Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade, James Harden, their third year in the league, any kind of all-star level, high-level all-star NBA player that's a shooting guard or that kind of player takes this leap in the third year. And Donovan so far is making that leap, and it's looking great. I would agree with that. I've been thoroughly amazed um, at the amazing neighborhood, Donovan Mitchell, Spider-Man. Um, going right along with that, one of the things that I've really picked up on is the fact that he is shooting free throws at the rate that a James Harden, a Dwayne Wade, a LeBron James shoots free throws. Um, specifically, against that game against the Clippers, I mean, you look at just that sample size in the fourth quarter alone, there was that stretch where I think he, there was like three or four straight possessions where it was Donovan getting fouled. Yeah. And I'm a little bit wary of that because I also think that hurt the team a little bit because towards the end of the game, he was trying to just draw fouls left and right. He ended up into the third row of the stands. But I am loving what I'm seeing with that. It's, I think, it, something that's very, very welcomed here in Utah, something that I don't think we've had. Um, you mentioned Gordon Hayward, um, or as I like to call him, Voldemort. He who must not be named. You know, uh, in the long in the long run, he actually helped us by leaving. We're better off. <laughs> there you have it. 
Our night, uh, our night tonight is. Uh, we just had news, breaking news, um, that we got before we went live with this show. Gordon Hayward had a season high of thirty nine points career tonight. High. Um, a career high. Yeah, he tied his career high. Ben said that to me, and Ben, what did I say back? I don't even remember. It's still not as high as Donovan Mitchell's career high. So for all you Jazz fans out there, that's a win. Yeah. Um, other notes and highlights throughout the first couple games of the season. Well, I wanted to talk about your point where you thought Donovan's, you know, getting to the free throw line was at some point detrimental to the team in the Clippers game. I actually thought like no one else was just stepping up. I think he was just fearless and everyone was kind of like, eh, timid, you know. But with with Donovan in particular getting to the line, it's that's kind of what separates a good player from a great player. Just getting to the line, going to the rim, really, is going to separate what makes him a good to a great player. I kind of wonder if all this offseason stuff that we always hear about, or you see on Instagram or whatever, mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell's working out with Carmelo Anthony. Donovan Mitchell's working out with Chris Paul and James yeah. Harden. I kind of want to start. I'm starting to think that this is starting to catch with him. Mm-hmm. And the difference is, is the way he's going about doing it. I think he's learned how to draw contact. Yeah. I think he's learned what a good time to attack is and what a good time not to is. And I think it's made him, you know, well, and the other thing to add with that, you know, speaking of things he's added, uh, not to jump to the next point, but how about that mid-range, man? Yeah. Just when we all thought mid-range was dead, just when we all thought the statistics and the analytics of the world and those types said that taking mid-range was no good, mm-hmm. guess what Donovan Mitchell adds to his game? The mid-range. The smoothest butter butter mid-range. I mean, you look at how that thing is shot up and how it's put up. I mean, you're looking like just butter out there. Yeah. And so I, I'm a I'm a big fan of it. I think he becomes unguardable when he's shooting 42% from three. And I know he's not yeah, doing that now. You know, but you add in mid-range to that. And mm-hmm. what do you do to stop it? I yeah. mean, you got a three-point shot. You got this silky smooth pull-up J and a guy that can finish at the rim. Like he is literally Spider Man in the flesh. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. you can't stop it, and you know his passing still there. Yeah. I sing the highest praises for Donovan. Yeah. Um, well, to your point, when he was working out with Chris Paul, Carmelo Anthony, we know that he wants to be great just as much as we want him to be great. He really is surrounding himself with stars, which we know when you surround yourself with guys that kind of introduce you to that. Here's the grind. This is this is how a star works. It'll help him for his career long term. Uh, it can do nothing but help him. Mm-hmm. You, know, you look at the connections he makes. We are. Yeah. I have a good friend that always says we do not deserve Donovan Mitchell. It's true. And it's I, true. the person. He's a great guy. He's a great basketball player. Better yeah. guy. You know, as everyone yeah. says. But just saying the highest praises for him. I'm glad that he's cranking. So, Want to turn the page? Last point. Finish it up. Well, I was actually going to say, speaking of a great guy, Mike Conley. <laughs> <laughs> we're on the same page. This yeah. is our first episode, so we're on the same page. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Conley. Yeah. Right now, people, the at the worst, this is the worst you'll hear about Mike Conley. He's not playing well, but he's a great guy. Great guy. No well, matter the what, thing that sucks, though, is like anytime I hear Mike Conley's name, this is how I see it. Mike Conley. <laughs> For those of you listening to the audio, I kind of just grinned my teeth and smiled and said, Mike Conley. Yeah. yeah. 
He'll be fine. This I, is. Th- I think we we are not seeing the real Mike Conley. Exactly. I think we're seeing a Mike Conley that was used to playing with the same dude. We all heard the story about how he called a Memphis play in the middle of the game, you know, and <laughs> everyone's looking at him like we don't know what play five is. You know, uh, we don't run that here, Mike. Yeah. I, I am going to give the guy a pass. He's an all-pro. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's only a matter of time before things start clicking. We saw yeah. that one game where he dropped 29 points. Yeah. Well, that was more of a game of just him hitting shots. And that's what you can see with him. Like, he wasn't – he hasn't been really comfortable. Like, I think another thing is, like, because he hasn't been ag- comfortable, he hasn't really been aggressive either. Yeah, that's a great point. I haven't really considered that. All I see is a bunch of missed floaters that he used to shoot at 70%. Um, yeah. But I, it's, a, it's a solid point. I mean, I think he's just getting used to I mean, he's never had a guy like Rudy that's rolled to the rim like Rudy yeah. rolls to the rim. Yeah. We'll get to Rudy later. Um, yeah. Well, also, about the floater point, like, when he starts making that, the defense is going to have to commit, and that's where Rudy is going to open up for the lobs and the, the passes down for, with the pick and roll. I, I agree with that. I, I think it's just a matter of him making shots, missing shots. I know the popular take right now is, you know, Rudy was Rubio was better, you know. Or, <laughs> I don't know if that's wasn't. I don't know if that's popular, but that's like people say it though. That's the it's just stuff take. that's like okay, yeah. really, you know. I, I think mm-hmm. I think what we're gonna get used to seeing is what we saw against the Kings mm-hmm. the first time we played them, which was an offensive explosion and. The ball bouncer. Yeah. I mean, that game was so fun to watch. Oh, yeah. And you had Donovan going. You had Bojan going. You had Mike Conley going. He, he was okay. He's, we still haven't seen, like, Memphis Mike Conley. It, right. I mean, it yeah. was really one quarter that blew mm-hmm. him up. I think he had 18 in the third. Yeah. And and it wasn't him getting to the rim. It was just him hitting shots. Like, he's hitting threes. He's hitting yeah. floaters. He's hitting mid-range. Yeah. I mean. Kind of a little bit of everything. Yeah. But I think that's kind of the game that we should expect to see down the stretch. And mm-hmm. it may not be 29, mm-hmm. but it may be a really efficient 16 to 18 points a yeah. game. Yeah. And if that's what we're getting, you know, 16 to 18 off eight shots, mm-hmm. I mean, well, isn't that exactly what yeah. we asked for? Through these seven games, like the Jazz, the unit, the team, I don't – like we've had a couple solid games from the whole team, but I don't think we've necessarily played to our sailing yet, which not is – Not even close. Yeah. Not even close. I mean, I, I I think you could argue that on every side of the ball. I mean, mm-hmm. I know there's that stat floating around that through the first before the last game we lost against um, the Clippers, we were at like allowing 92 points, some stupid yeah. defensive yeah. rating number. But I think that's more telling of hey, it's the first couple of weeks of the NBA season mm-hmm. more than it is. The Jazz are defensive juggernauts, which yeah. I think they are. But I don't no, think I mean, 92 points. You have Rudy Gobert, your team becomes a defensive juggernaut. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I think for especially with all the preseason woes, I don't <laughs> think the defense is what we need to worry about. Yeah. I think it's an effort thing. I think people have committed to it. Yeah. And night in, night out, you can count on that. It travels well. Mm-hmm. Offensively, I think it's a matter of time before things start. Oh, yeah, yeah. Big time. Um, defensive rebounding, though. That... Uh, we are really, really getting killed yeah. in that category. And yeah. that's something that I is also kind of a popular thing floating around. You listen to your Locked On mm-hmm. podcasts. You, you look at what ESPN and Bleacher Report are writing. You even look at what happened on, on what Brute Sports was showing on the night we played the Clippers, Sunday yeah. night. 
we were being out rebounded. I mean, it was like 18 offensive rebounds for the Clippers yeah. that led to mm-hmm. 38 points. It was some stupid number yeah. like that. Well, also about that game was like Kawhi just took over. and He did, but I was also kind of like, okay, like Kawhi takes over, but we just gave them three possessions yeah, on offensive that's rebounds. True. But the first three quarters, we were, we were leading those first three quarters, and then Kawhi started to, you know, focus. And we threw some, I mean, it was a tight game. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. We were throwing our haymakers right back in their face. Yeah, and listen, Conley didn't play, like, extremely no. well. Kawhi, you know, Kawhi went off, but Conley didn't play well. Bojan was he had, he had good. Moments, yeah. moments where it was good. Donovan was spectacular. Yeah. Rudy Joe, was Joe hit some shots. Joe and Bojan both went 3-9. Really? Three. Yeah. Joe? Oh, wow. It's I kind of an underrated thing. I mean, we were generating, mm. I mean, the jazz system of old, you know? Yeah. From last year where Jay Crowder was putting up 12 threes a game and hitting two of them. You know, well, that's it's, the, it's the same thing yeah. now, but we got Boyan and Joe shooting them, but that's, they both went 3-9. and nine. That's what I was going to say. Like, the thing about Boyan last year was he, once Oladipo got hurt, he was the main scoring option for the Pacers. And now it's like, He's our third option, potentially. Right See, now, I disagree with. Well, that. right now he's the second, but once Conley gets going, he'll be the third. And but he's getting open shots. Like See, that's the I, thing. I, I'm pushing back on you on that. Like we agree on a lot of things. That's why we do a podcast together. I think the Jazz. I mean, the main the alpha prime is Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. I think after that, I mean, it's gonna. I know it's gonna be night in, night out, filling stuff up. But from what I've seen from Bojan this year. I kind of think that we need to be featuring him a yeah. lot more. And I don't know if it's in the second unit when Donovan's off the floor mm-hmm. or however they do that. I want to talk about the rotation in a minute. Yeah. Um, but initial thought, by based on what I'm seeing, Bojan can run the pick and roll. Mm-hmm. He can hit threes. He can finish at the rim. Yeah. He can pull up at mid-range. I don't know what else you want from him. He can also and he's run. also six eight or six nine, and he runs like a gazelle. Well, he can run off screens, is what, what yeah, I was saying. He runs the floor. He can run off screens. I mean, mm-hmm. there are a lot of things that he can do. Yeah. And I don't think we really realized how offensively gifted he was, and yeah. we had a very high expectations for him. Mm-hmm. I remember the first game, which Ben and I were privileged in attending. Very, very privileged. We publicly thank one of our uh, longtime fans and sponsors of the show. Cameron, Cameron Turnbow yeah. provides us with tickets every now and then. Um, we're going to have him on one of these days as a guest uh, to the to the, to yeah. the show. He was the guy that, uh, what did he say? I don't know what he said to Joe Ingles. You might have seen him in a recent video yeah. with the Utah Jazz where he um, told Joe Ingles that he thought he was gorgeous Georges Niang with his shirt off in, high school, or in college at Iowa State. And Joe told him to... Take a hike. Uh, go, go get his picture taken with someone else. He's famous, uh, part of the Jazz family now, as they have literally tweeted a video of him in it. Uh, we're going to have him on the show soon. Um, he'll give us his thoughts and opinions, but to a date to come. Uh, anyways, we were players that going out of game, and I was just blown away at how Bojan, you know, was pick and roll with Rudy. And, and getting to the – I mean, there was probably the first quarter before he sprained his ankle – he had probably three layups mm-hmm. where it was just, okay, yeah. you're going to give me this, I'll take a layup. Okay, I'll take another layup. Yeah. Time and time again, wash, rinse, and repeat. So I see that, 
And I think it's, you know, it's a good problem to have. It's a problem that the Jazz haven't had in 20 years. <laughs> well, the thing I We noticed, have too many mouths to feed. Yeah. Oh, no, what are we going to do? Uh, but I, I think Bojan, you know, I think he is going to be a legitimate night-in, night-out workhorse. Yeah. He's, he's I, shown I'm that he can do very, it. very excited to see it. Yeah. Um, I guess I take my point back a little bit. I think Donovan's the alpha prime number one. I think it's going to alternate between him yeah. and Conley. Whoever plays better. going to step up. Mm-hmm. But heaven forbid we have three guys that score 20 points each. Which, listen, <laughs> last year's team it was like, okay, we have Donovan, then we have Joe. He can create a little bit. You probably don't want him to be, you know, one of your main creators. But after that it was like, oh, more, more rolling to the rim for Rudy. Uh, you know. Which that's not a dig on Rudy. It's like that, that you don't want that to be your main source of scoring. You know, absolutely not. And you know, we'll we'll talk about Rudy and his comments coming mm-hmm. up in a later segment of the show. So teaser is coming up um, for those of you that saw what he said last night, Monday night. Um, it was interesting. Uh, but one thing I wanted to talk about for the first segment of the year was our first show of the year, first segment leading up to this week was the rotation. Um, it was a comment that I made early on in the game where we saw the first guys, which was uh, Donovan and Conley in the backcourt, and then we had, um, I believe we started Royce that night, Bojan and uh, Rudy Gobert playing. <laughs> our set's falling apart here. We apologize. Um and then we subbed everybody out. We brought Joe off the bench. We brought in Jeff Green. We had Ed Davis. Um, I'm trying to think of the other rotation pieces, but the Moutier. point of it all, what Moutier, Moutier's been a pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, He's had, you know, a couple games where you're like, Ugh. and we'll we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, but the point of it all is, I was completely blown away at the amount of offense that was on the floor pretty much throughout the entire game. Yeah. We always had Conley, Donovan, or Bojan in the game. Or Joe. Or Joe. And, you know, kind of mix, mixing the, those four up mm-hmm. and kind of massaging the second unit with yeah. those with the, one of the two of those guys um, was a very, very pleasant surprise. Um, I don't know if this is how all other NBA teams feel, <laughs> but personally I was like, wow. <laughs> like, yeah. We have more than one guy that can come off the bench. Like, mm-hmm. or wow, we've got a couple guys we yeah. can plug into the second unit that can just go do work yeah. for us. The, well, the crazy thing that I noticed, I was watching and I was like, oh, wait, Joe Ingles is in the game now. You know, like Yeah, it was like, kind of like you didn't even really notice yeah. it. It was like, this is our starting line. Wait a minute. Yeah. Joe didn't start tonight. Mm-hmm. He's in the second unit. Yeah. Sixth man of the year. Like, <laughs> let's hope. It'll be. It'll probably be Lou Williams just because. Well, it's cheating though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I guess I, I, I don't know that guy can I wish six man of the year was based on minutes and not if you came off the bench or not yeah well six man topic of the year, for another time yeah it's mostly just been the best scorer off the bench maybe not necessarily the best player off the bench the guy yeah, and I think most. Joe's best playmaker coming yeah. off the bench he's got to be one of the up there with playmakers coming off the bench I think on that, but... and I guess it depends on what they do because we start yeah. Joe sometimes and injuries whatever but Interesting stuff. Um, mm-hmm. One thing I wanted to talk about, though, Moutier. Mm-hmm. I think we pair him with somebody else that can create a Joe Yeah, Mo, like a steady guy. A Donovan Mitchell. It's kind of seen that lineup before. Yeah. 
Maybe even Bojan a little bit. Yeah, something I've noticed with Moutier, all his minutes, he's had Joe Ingles on the floor. Just Which I think is yeah. a very calming presence for him. Yeah. Someone that knows That's what definitely to do. on purpose. I think the approach that we need to take with that is a quote from the great Michael Scott. And he says it to me, and it hurts my feelings every time. Kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> um, yeah. I think the more simple we can keep the game for Moutier, mm-hmm. we're not going to ask him to start making reads. Yeah. We're not going to ask him to come and, quote, initiate the offense. Yeah. We're not going to put him in pick-and-roll situations yeah. where the same situations would put Conley and Donovan mm-hmm. and Joe into. We keep it simple. If it's late in the shot clock, we tell him to go get us a bucket, yeah. and we let him run the floor. And I think if we do that, we've gained ourselves an extremely efficient yeah. plan for 18 minutes a night. He's going to get you 12 points. Well, even even if he isn't on the team next year, he's going to grow because of this. And if we don't benefit from this experience, he will. Like, he's going to get better. I think we've benefited even thus far. I mean, you look at that first night against Oklahoma City. Yeah. And a couple other nights when Conley has been struggling, Mm -hmm. Moutier has stepped in and provided us with a spark, which is exactly what we wanted. Yeah. That Lakers game was rough, though. Oh, it was terrible. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I think he got ahead of himself. He got maybe a little confident. I don't know what it was, Mm -hmm. but he he definitely was trying to – it looked like he was trying to do too much. It's kind of like – his body's just moving like two steps faster than his head is. And that's not like calling him stupid. It's just like he just needs to slow it down, you know. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting – I can see that. Um, one of the things I've said, uh, not publicly yet, but now publicly, he kind of reminds me of a not-psychopath Lance Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's because of the way they play. I don't know is it just the way he like moves? Yeah, I think it's the way he moves. Yeah. I don't think he's an idiot. I don't think he's going to be blown yeah. in anybody's ear anytime soon. See, I think... Or, yeah. I, I, I don't even know what happened last year with the Lakers. <laughs> Talk about a failed experiment. Oh, man. <laughs> Who could have thought Rondo McGee? Yeah, not those guys, right? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't mind LeBron and Anthony Davis, but... Well, those guys of last year, the Goon Squad. Oh, my gosh. Um, I think we make a first public announcement for the show. The Lakers suck. They always have. They always will. Boo, Lakers. Um, But anyways, I I think, I don't know. Just tell me if I'm crazy. Maybe fans, if you... If we get a listener that can listen to this stuff and is still paying attention at this point, (laughs) leave a comment, let us know. Does Lance Stevenson look like... Emmanuel Moutier when he plays, or maybe the other way around. Does Moutier look like Stevenson? Yeah, if you're still listening to this, you're probably like, why am I listening to these idiots for... Give us a break. It's our first show. It's going to get yeah, better from yeah. this point. Well, I don't know. Uh, Moutier, it's, the guy is ta- as talented as anyone, and it's really just the mental part of the game. This whole thing. Well, and, and, shooting. And, and, and what better guy is there in the world than Quinn Snyder Mike to help Conley. someone through that? Mike Conley and Quinn. That, I mean, is that not your dream lineup? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of intelligent people that can teach you yeah. the game of basketball. Exactly. Well, you if, can't find a better duo than that yeah. player and coach. When we went to the Thunder game, the thing I noticed every time Moutier did something good, Mike Conley was the first guy to stand up. He was the he was the first King guy of the year. Yeah, he was the first guy to cheer for Moutier. Like he, I think, just as much as anyone wants to see Moutier succeed. 
I agreed 100%. Mm-hmm. And I, I, that's why he's here. Um, I want to pose an interesting question to you. Yeah. And this will kind of get us through our current state of the jazz. Yeah. I had a very interesting thought come to me during the Clippers game. We are now living in a post-Ed Davis world for the next four to six weeks, which hurts. I'm I really loved what I was seeing in him. Yeah. I verbally said this on Sat Sunday night. And this is going to take a minute to explain, so keep with me on this. I said verbally, holy crap, I miss Derek Favors. Mm. We should trade for him right now. <laughs> I know he's hurt too, and there's a yeah. lot of people, oh, don't trade for her guy. So here's well, my there's question. There's some people that it. want him back. There's a lot of people that want him. I mean, yeah. you, so this and is my question with this. We've There's pros and cons to having him and not having him. Yeah. And all of us, it was the popular thing for like 10 years to talk about how we wanted to trade Derek Favors. So here's my question. And Lindsay has said everything. DL has said everything about him praising him about how hard it's going to be to mm-hmm. replace him. And we get Ed Davis, and he's supposed to be a version of, you know, the, the popular thing was he's 80% of Derek Favors at 30% of the cost. Yeah. And I agree with that to an extent. But am I seeing holes because they did not exist on the Utah Jazz, like rebounding? Um, like, you know, simple things, boxing out, getting rebounds, defense, having another center that can mm-hmm. interchange with Rudy, stuff like that. Am I seeing holes like that, or, and I'm just not used to it, or do we literally have a gaping asteroid-sized hole in our Utah Jazz team because we're missing favors? So I think the answer to that is, I just don't think that our guys are disciplined in boxing out. And that's just to say, like, hey, Boyan, in in Indiana, he played with two bigs on the floor. And he's he wasn't necessarily the guy to, hey, I got to find my man when a shot goes up. and Because th- he's kind of the fast break guy. You know? They yeah. then you get the board, push it to him, and they push yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, all I'm saying with that is, like, with all these rebounds we're allowing, it's more of a, a team thing, a discipline thing. You know, I, I've told you, like, we did this drill in practice where you find a man. Back when I played in high school, I was, I'm a former athlete. Likewise. <laughs> Davis High, sophomore of high basketball. But basically. Listed me at six foot three. <laughs> uh, maybe five, ten. <laughs> basically, all you have to do, you're matched up with a guy and a shot goes up and you just have to box him out. And I'm. It teaches you discipline, and that's what I think is kind of missing from this team is that maybe these guys just aren't used to crashing the glass, you know. And the, your point about favors, it's like I think we just miss. We like, never had to worry about that. Yeah, well, the guy I mean, was the guy was a workhorse. I mean, the guy listen, I have his autograph on the wall right here for a reason. I mean, he's yeah. he's the man, and I miss mm-hmm. him, and I love him dearly. Great, great guy. It was time to move on. I don't regret yeah. that, and it wouldn't matter if I did because we did. We we moved on. Yeah. But to the I, point. I, but I think like he's a starting caliber center at least in the NBA, and that's never really easy to replace. I mean, the way we played him, I think it speaks to how much we loved him as a guy. That maybe we didn't want to play with two bigs, but the we order did it anyway, and we did it anyway. Yeah. And we did it anyway because we love favors. But your point about if we miss him, I think that we do. But I think it's it's something that can be fixed pretty easily. 
I agree. And it, it kind of brings me to another segment of all this show that we're doing. Mm-hmm. This discussion about the Utah Jazz. There's this idea out there, and I feel like we've committed to it. And it's not an idea anymore. We've all heard the term positionless basketball. Mm-hmm. And I was watching the game, and I, I'm seeing guys like Royce O'Neal get beat for rebounds. And I'm mm-hmm. seeing, really, Rudy, they're the one rebounding, yeah. and everybody else is getting boxed out. I mean, this idea, though, of positionless basketball, the Clippers do it, the Warriors do it. Everyone we kind of committed. We kind of committed to that, yeah. and we made these moves, where we've said we don't really care if Bonyan's the four or the three mm-hmm. or the two. We don't care if yeah, Joe's yeah. the same. We don't care, you know, Conley well, the one or the two. Donovan, well, I mean, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I get a little bit worried with that because I, although I agree with, it's pretty hard to not like positionless yeah. basketball. I I think it's really. It's been interesting to see how the Jazz have tried to shift people to positions where they have an advantage over the opponent. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is, and maybe this year's we've got a small sample size, but Donovan wasn't really a one. So yeah. let's not play him as a one. Let's put someone, let's bring Rubio yeah. in who can come help him and be a, a one mm-hmm. so that Don can be in his position. We did the same thing with Conley. We upgraded from Rubio. We brought in a guy that's a professional and can do all these things. We we put Joe in at the three sometimes or the two. And there's these interchangeable mm-hmm. pieces. But I'm kind of wondering if the Jazz have kind of stretched that a little far where Bojan is not a four. Yeah. Maybe. He's a three. Well, and you take it further. You look at it, especially when we play Royce, where Bojan technically is the four, you know, positionless basketball, mm-hmm. whatever. Royce O'Neal is trying to box out Mo Harkless. Yeah. I can tell you who's winning that matchup. And I know I get effort, I get trying, I get positioning and stuff like that. But if Mo Harkless is trying his best and Royce O'Neal is trying his best, who do you think wins that matchup? Well, it's it's Mo Harkless every single time. Something I remember, though, I just thought of, was that P.J. Tucker killed us on the glass in the playoffs. He's killed us just because he crashes the boards. and But that guy's like 6'5". So I think like it's all about effort. And... Maybe we don't have enough enough physical guys to kind of deal with that. Enough like guys that are physical and can kind of push or push around, bang around with other tough guys. But again, like you said, maybe maybe it's a personnel thing that we just don't have necessarily the guys to do that. Well, and I I don't know if it, it's Ed Davis being out. I don't know if that's what is kind of. I don't think it's shown that. that. I mean, maybe I, it's I, an effort thing. I mean, there's a lot of things. It's I, early in the season. Like, I it think really it's effort, matter. discipline. I think it's practice too. I, I, these guys, we are moving them up, and it's the kind of thing where, like, hey, you're you've been a guard, wing, whatever, and you haven't. It's it hasn't been as much of a responsibility for you to box out your guy. Now it is, you know, we'll worry about fast break when it comes. Let's mm-hmm. get the ball first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and I think that, that's going to be an emphasis. Kind of, well, I think so. I think I agree with that. I think that's if Quinn Snyder is a good coach at anything, it's coaching effort. Yeah, it's coaching defense. It's coaching discipline. Yeah. So I'd expect that problem to get turned mm-hmm. around pretty quick. Mm-hmm. But I think it's something to keep an eye on as the season progresses. Yeah, we can't. I, I don't know. I, I hope we have the right guys in the right position. Maybe we need to trade the right things. I, I, that's another popular thing. It's really funny how we lose a couple games and 
Jazz Nation goes to the trade machine. <laughs> I, it's I, like, guys, it, we are not like we're barely into November. Yeah. Like, the season started two weeks ago, and it's like we've lost, we've lost, and we just picked up seven new guys, like, and we lost to the Lakers and the Clippers. Like the Kings lost, I, I just felt like that Kings game. They were just desperate. The Kings were, and we were kind of like, eh. We it's were a trap like, game. Yeah. Total trap game. And, but losing the Lakers and Clippers, honestly, I don't think is something to be ashamed of. Now, if you lose every game to them, that's you know that sucks. Well, the, I, the thing I loved about that Clippers game, and then we'll we'll move on. Maybe final point to wrap up here. Um, I thought the effort was there. Yeah. I thought we made we didn't execute down the stretch. I thought we defended well. Mm-hmm. We got out rebounded, but yeah. you know we'll fix that. The other thing is we missed a lot of freaking open threes. Yeah. Well, the wide Cl- open the Clippers threes. did too. David Locke's out there telling us about threes where guys shoot it without anyone five feet in their face or whatever mm-hmm. it is. I think that game highlights, I mean, Bowie on three and nine, Joe three and nine. Mm-hmm. Can't remember what Mitchell did, but. I felt like that dude like missed like four shots. But that's just. Yeah, he, was, he, he was playing great. Yeah. He was a superstar on the biggest stage mm-hmm. doing that, which was impressive. But the effort was there. And I'm, you know, early in the year, we get the Clippers twice. Tough draw. We split it with them. Mm-hmm. Whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. We'll catch them later in the season, hopefully full strength, and let our team figure it out. We'll see who wins. It'll be a playoff matchup. I don't want to say that I want. It, if we're as good as we say we are, it's inevitable. Because mm-hmm. I think they're the cream of the, of the West. Well, something I noticed earlier in the season is that there are – the Lakers, the Clippers, the Jazz, the Nuggets, the Rockets. That's five teams. Only uh, four teams can advance out of the first round. Yeah. So well, then you haven't even mentioned like the the people that are always there that are annoying. Yeah. Really good. The, 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 the the Blazers, the Spurs, the Spurs. But my point on that the was the Warriors who may yeah. not make the playoffs now, but were going to yeah. earlier. My point on Dallas. That, <laughs> yeah. My point on that is two of those teams are going to have to play each other. And one of those five teams is might view this season as a failed season because they didn't make it out of the first round. When the simple truth is all five of those teams are arguably title contenders. Yeah. If you, if it's you freaking t- insane. If you told me any of those five teams could be the one seed in the West, you're not crazy. You're, you're not. Well, maybe the Lakers. Because the Lakers maybe, suck. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's the one team that everyone's like, yeah, the Lakers are... Not the one seed, you know. LeBron's going to take nights off or maintenance games. Uh, he had six months off. Like, come on, man. Whole season off. <laughs> and he spends a million dollars on his body. He should be ready to go. Oh, my gosh. You know, but to your point, I think no one would call you crazy if Sports Illustrated's printing out magazine covers that have them hoisting the Larry O'Brien at the end of the year. Jazz? I, I, I put the Jazz in that category. I, I put yeah. all five of the teams you just listed mm-hmm. in yeah. the category as teams that have good chance to, to make the finals, yeah. Western Conference Finals, win mm-hmm. the whole thing. There are you seven know. teams that could win a championship this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, five of them are in the West. I yeah. mean, it, it's just it's it's unfortunate. The Nuggets are struggling a little bit, though. And we right didn't now. even mention the Nuggets. Yeah. I don't know if you I listened. Did. did you? Yeah. Well, caught up on that. But <laughs> they're not winning a title. I don't believe in the Nuggets yeah. at all, but... I, th- I think they're like the us. You of want last us to be year. scared of Gary Harris? I mean, I get he's good. I mean, you're making faces at me right now. But <laughs> I just look at Donovan and Conley, and I'm like, well, yeah. I'm not scared of you. Like, this is, 
you're a little punk. Like, yeah. I think they're the us of last year where they kind of outperformed, and now maybe they'll struggle a little bit this year. And yeah, maybe they'll make I'm a move. Just, I, I'm, it's on record right now. Jeremy Grant changes things for him. A little bit. You heard it here first. I do not believe in the Denver Nuggets. And if I'm wrong, I will be on this show. Same with the Rockets, though. In April, eating crow. And I will publicly do it. I'll serve it up on a plate to myself. Sure, we should just I film do them. not believe in the Denver Nuggets. I think they are our first round exit. Oh, wow. I, I don't believe in them. And I'm not scared of them. Especially if I'm a I'm not, I'm not afraid of them. Oh, just I, because, I will salivate yeah. if we draw them in the first oh. round. I will salivate. Just because Gobert eats up Jokic. The way Jokic eats ice cream. Like, Oh, my gosh. Someone had him ranked as the number eight player in the mm-hmm. NBA. And I give me a freaking break. He's, I, I get he's a good player. I mean, you're, I can see the Andy Bailey comments coming out of your mouth right now. It's not – I'm not a Jokic worshiper. But I do think he's good. Like I think, oh, he's great, and I'm not taking away from. He's it. in like the same. You cannot convince me he's the eighth best player in the NBA. No, I think he's in the same tier as Gobert, though. Like their effect on offense or Gobert's effect on defense is relatively similar. That's what I think. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, I have to look into that when we do our our show homework. Mm-hmm. Point is though, pretenders or contenders, total pretenders. All right. So, Zach Hazeldine, D- Denver Nuggets fans, Zach Hazeldine. I won't give out your address, but Zach Hazeldine, remember that. Com- leave comments in the show if this ever he- oh, reaches the airways listen, of Denver. If you hate us, leave a comment about how much you hate us. It would be a it. great thing for you to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, Wrap up the show here. Are we going to do the Embiid thing? Oh, we're doing it. All right. Uh, we have a little treat for you fans. Uh I've prepared a section for this called Who Would You Send In to Fight Joel Embiid from the Utah Jazz? And we're going to get to it. I have some thoughts. Ben has some thoughts. <laughs> we have not shared those thoughts with each other. This could be explosive. But I want to say something first of all. I really wish in the NBA would stop calling NBA fights fights. Oh, my gosh. Because they're not <laughs> fights. They're two dudes <laughs> hugging each other and tackling each other. In the NFL, that's they're like that's the cleanest tackle we've seen all year. Like <laughs> in hockey, you'd get kicked yeah. off your team if you called that a fight. Like it, it's not a fight. It, yeah. It's it, it's Embiid and Towns. They get into a, a, a pushing match. Started hugging each other. They yeah. hug each other, throw each other to the ground, and then Simmons comes out of nowhere and chokes that. out freaking <laughs> Anthony Towns. What is that? And, and, and Towns is on the ground yeah. pounding out. I mean, so anyways. Uh, well, I, I was, well, was going to say one thing about the NFL thing. First week of the NFL, my brain isn't used to like physical sports for whatever reason. So I'll see like corners and receivers like pushing each other. I'm like, "Where's the flag?" I was like, "Are we gonna see like an ejection? Like, what's gonna happen?" But yeah, well, it's because the NBA is just soft. And there's a ton of but people out there that are that's like, "That's due to Ron." They only gave him two games. They only gave him two games, and then Crowder's out there. Oh my gosh! Like, two games Crowder. is a pretty easy price to pay, you know. Yeah. Especially if you want a couple nights off, you know. I get you do it without pay, but what is pay mm-hmm. when you're making ninety million dollars a year? So, so sorry, you lost two cents. Yeah, yeah. we'll find yeah. you thirty million to thirty thousand yeah, dollars. Okay. okay. So, anyways, so, the list. I'm gonna say a name. You're gonna say a name. All right. I'm gonna say my second team guy. You're gonna say your second team guy. So we're starting. Wait, how many guys? Did you prepare? 
I don't know. We'll go till we run out. But I've got a couple guys from on the on the jazz team or brass. All right, I have five guys. You want to start? Or well, you really prepared for this. I, I listen. I don't know if I have five, but I'm gonna <laughs> give you reasons why I think my dudes are ready to roll. All okay. right, you you can start. You can start. Take number one, who I'm drafting and I'm putting in the game to just really fight Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. Land a solid one. Let's see if he wants to get up and Rocky dance when yeah. he's done, kind of a thing. Bojan Bogdanovic. Oh. Can I tell you why? And I'm still in this take from a friend, um, mm-hmm. Spencer Jones, friend of the show. Um, the dude is Croatian. He literally survived a war so that he could play basketball. You're trying to tell me that a guy that had to scrap, fight, and crawl his way out of Croatia in the NBA is going to get beat up by Joel Embiid? I'm calling you out on it. Didn't Embiid survive a war too or something? I don't know. Based on what I saw from his fight from Connor Anthony Towns, I would highly question if he survived (laughs) because that was not fighting. I, I think... I think Bojan brings a toughness mm-hmm. to the floor right. that is unparalleled. I think he's got a good mix of size, good mix of strength, right. and he's got a history of surviving. The right. guy's a fighter. Is this? A, are we doing a draft thing? So we're going like every other. You can you can reuse if you want to, but my my guy was Bojan. Okay, so my guy is Ed Davis. Let's hear why. Ever okay? Every time the Jazz shoot a shot, you can just see Ed Davis just begging for the rebound. But my point is, you look at the guy, he's probably like 6'9", 6'10". He's, he's pretty built, but the thing I noticed, he plays physical. That dude, no one wants to rebound more than him. If you watch the Lakers game, Dwight Howard was throwing bits because of how scared he was of Ed Davis. I think Ed Davis would at least get some blows, but I think the main thing is he's going he's gonna to try harder than Embiid. And that, like, he's going to... If if like the, you compare them physically, Embiid is like a freak of nature. To be fair to Embiid, but Embiid's like Rock or Ed Davis is like Rocky in the fight. Like he's gonna try, which is an insult to all Philly fans everywhere, which we completely embrace here. We're not fans of the Philadelphia 76ers here, are no, we? No, no, no. Boo 76ers. Yeah. Um, and boo Joel Embiid. Anyways, your pick. I get to go again. We'll, we'll snake it. I like this. We'll snake okay, it. You're right. up next. And I, I hope right. you don't take who I think you are. I'm taking Quinn Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Quinn Snyder. I feel like if there's a call you see that you doesn't go our gonna, way, you, he will light up the ref. That guy will is not afraid to yell. He does that little like thing where like yeah. he kind of like puts his arms down and like his hair <laughs> flares out yeah. and his face goes red. Yeah. I think it. I, I honestly think if Quinn Snyder was able to get his hands on Joel Embiid's neck, yeah, you could not pry that. Oh off. yeah. Well, and another point to that is, I feel like Quinn has killed someone, and that's not saying <laughs> Quinn is a bad guy. I love Quinn. I don't know him personally, and I shouldn't know him personally. And I'm sure he's a great guy. Everyone says he's a great guy. He just looks like he's killed a man, and that and that's a compliment, especially okay? at the end of the year. <laughs> if, like if you're watching this, we don't look like we've killed a guy. Quinn ha- like has looked; he's got that toughness to him. Uh, he, he, I think he's, I think he's a brawler, man. Yeah, I yeah. think he's probably been in some some pretty tough situations, yeah. and he's a brawler. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of stole mine, so I'm thinking on the seat here. 
But I'm going to go with a wild card and go from the man down under, Joe Ingles. Ugh. And here's my reason why. So Joe, you're, you're taking the white guys. I, I guess I am. <laughs> but here's here's what I, here's where I'm guessing with this. Joe Ingles, and maybe it's because of the headband game last year. Maybe He just, just looks uh, like a dude that would get punched square in the face and then look at the dude mm-hmm. who punched him, like nose bleeding. Yeah. And just laugh at him. Yeah. And then hit him back. I know what you and mean. Like, what do you do against that guy? Yeah. You're you are you are a registered psycho if you laugh at someone mm-hmm. that punched you in the face. Well, also, I, th- I and think he talks the best smack out yeah. there. Like, well, if we're being honest, like he's Ingles, gonna win any smack talk. Eagles would get an Embiid's head. We oh, know hundred percent. And I, I expect to see that tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Speaking of highlight tomorrow oh, yeah. night's game, I think Joel Embiid versus Joe Ingles smack talk, especially if the Jazz are winning. Yeah. Off the charts. Mm-hmm. If they fought, I, I don't know how Joe would do if he actually did get punched. No. I I really like my chances there, though. I, right. I think I might take it. Let's do one more each. You go. Um, my next guy, I'm going to go for a real deep reach here. Oh, don't do it. I hope I say his name right. Jarrell Brantley. Yep. Ugh. Take one look at him. <laughs> That's how I got to say. Yeah. The dude is yoked. Yoke. I think we are going to try to have him be a better version of Jay Crowder in a couple of years. I He's got the same body I type. think he looks like young Paul Millsap. I don't he know. He kind of does. I, mean, I don't know if he'll. Skills. I mean, yeah. he did throw the ball 10 feet over the hoop <laughs> in the preseason. Yeah. But <laughs> off of three. It's not to say right? that he's going to develop to be Millsap, but he has that skill set there. I, I think he's a hustler. I think you're going to yeah. see him get some chances. But you put him in a fight, man. You guys built like a middle linebacker. Like, mm-hmm. what is? What are you going to yeah. do against that? I mean, he I, like. I kind of feel like he picked the wrong sport, but he's in the NBA, so he, he made the team. Yeah, was, yeah, he's in the NBA, so he didn't pick the wrong sport, but he'd be a great like football player. Phenomenal. Your last pick. Okay, so I was debating between two names here. Uh, I ended up going with Royce O'Neal. Wow. Yes, a surprising one. Um. And it, w- it was really my reaction to how he guarded Kawhi. Just because he tried, but he's quick. So he's kind of got this weird combination of, of quickness and strength. I think he's like sneaky strong for a guy his size. Six foot three. Just kidding. Six foot <laughs> <laughs> You're a liar, man. You're a straight liar. <laughs> but yeah, he's like he really tried against Kawhi. He, I thought he was formidable against Kawhi. And he's strong. Like, I think he's, like, kind of like a brick. Like, he might not be strong, but you don't want to run into him. And I think he's got the speed advantage on Embiid. I think he would give him a good fight. And get inside, man. Start yeah. working those inside chops, yeah. you know, work in the middle. You He'd know. be the speed guy. I, I think so. Um, fun exercise. I hope nobody fights. But if they do, I hope the Jazz win. Yeah. Uh, wait, wait. Sh- Go ahead. My honorable mention was Dennis Lindsay. But but only only I could honestly see Dennis Lindsay like taking a run or yeah. test approach, breaking a a table leg off and he, just beating someone. He would him. he would have a plan low. Oh, you know? oh my gosh. I mean yeah. just an assassination attempt. Joel but, Embiid may not even see it coming. But the it with the exception that Embiid has to leak trade negotiations. <laughs> that's that's it. Because after, or, or the fact that we're drafting Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. <laughs> After that trade deadline, he went on like every he went on like every podcast or radio show. Like every time you heard him publicly, he just was like, 
Oh, he just—he just Grizzlies. Yeah. He got lit up from there. But they and they changed their front office because of it. Oh, that's, that's because they watched their reputation. Yeah, yeah. Zanuck got involved with that. I mean, yeah. it was the old thing. Yeah. Um. Anyways, wrapping up, final thoughts. Rudy Gobert made some comments. We're only going to take thirty seconds because this has been going way too long as it is. Okay. Um. Rudy Gobert made some comments. He's not getting enough touches. Mm-hmm. Teammates need to find him in the low post. My thoughts with that are, Rudy, you really don't catch the ball all that often. And when you do, you do this like weird little like shot at the hoop, and it's really weird looking. Just dunk the ball, man. If you're going to get the ball that low in the post, just dunk the thing or get an all-in-alley-oop or just worry about getting rebounds. Just get dunks, get rebounds, play defense. Do that, and you'll be great. I think I have a different take on this. I think that he thinks that it's like the cause. He thinks that the reason why we lost these, these few games was because we weren't dumping it enough. I think we just haven't been playing well. And I think that knowing the kind of player he is and just the way someone like that may think, like, hey, maybe it's because I'm not getting the ball enough. I think we should just give him the ball the same way we did last year. I, we still haven't gotten into him enough. I think another part of this is that because Conley's not making the defense pay because they're they're making Conley shoot those floaters if you watch a game. Oh, they, I mean, there's a lot of reasons yeah. to it. We won't dive into it all now. But yeah. I think when we get it wrapped up, Quite. his comments were pretty spot on. Yeah, I mean, Rudy, he, you really Rudy, don't know the com- what's going on. Yeah, Rudy's sense. not wrong, though. Rudy is a great rim roller. Rudy didn't say anything that wasn't true, and everyone's taking yeah. it out of context. Oh, yeah. Rudy hates his teammates. Rudy, no, he doesn't. Listen, if there's one thing that I trust is the Jazz not having locker room cancer. Oh, yeah, no, no. It, it, this is something that'll get wrapped up yeah. and be a non-issue that we don't talk listen, about. We, this is like the first time we've had two days off. But it's news and noteworthy. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Yeah. This is uh, episode one of the mm-hmm. All That Jazz podcast. Once again, Zach Hazeldine. Ben Jones. Thank you for tuning in. We will catch you soon. And in the meantime, go Jazz. If you want to follow me on Twitter, B underscore Jones underscore 10. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can't because I'm not on it. Have a good night.